With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go ahead and get into this lesson with some prayer. Lord God, I just thank you once again for another day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I ask that you will help me to teach this lesson with clarity. Um, Help open up our minds and our hearts to receive your lesson on today help us to grow stronger in our understanding of your word and to continue to strengthen the foundation god in jesus name i pray thank god and amen okay so we are now in the kingdom era uh we only have three more um Errors to go in this Bible arc for the Old Testament. Pretty exciting, right? Um, so this particular era, the Kingdom era, uh, takes place from First Samuel, the book, First Samuel, all the way to the book of Second Chronicles. And um, you know, in the previous era, right? We we saw. Uh, the children of Israel kind of taking a turn, right? In this era, uh, the thing that at least Andrews has us focus on is that you had basically have a group of people um, that had, how can I put it? They want to live however they want to without having to answer for the consequences of their actions or of the things that they're doing, which is ironic um, because literally, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier today about accountability, right? We want to be free to do whatever we want, but we don't want to have to deal with the consequences of the choices that we make. We don't want to take responsibility uh, for the things that we do. And so um, yeah, in this era, we're going to see a lot of that. Okay. Um, the main thing is that, you know, we we talk about how you can either be, you know, it's better to be um, a slave for Christ, like to be bound to Christ rather than to sin. Right? When I'm bound to Jesus Christ, I have freedom. I have true freedom. Is when I finally let go and I just surrender over to him that that is when I have absolute freedom, right? But as long as I am walking in darkness, as long as I am walking in sin in my flesh, then I don't have freedom. I become, you know, slave to sin. 
consequences for that. All right. So let's get into this. Um, the main thing to remember is that uh, in this era, the, the kings of Israel, as uh, Andrews puts it, the kings of Israel wanted total freedom. Okay. Uh, they wanted to be able to rule however they wanted to rule. Um, but not heed God's instructions because ultimately it's like, yeah, they the children of Israel decided they wanted a king, right? Even though God is like, I'm your king, but they're like, no, we want to, you know, they wanted to be like the other nations that were around them. Um, so, but yeah, you're you're king over these people, but I am the king. <laughs> And you know your your authority doesn't supersede mine. However, as we just said, you know they wanted the freedom to do whatever they wanted to as they pleased. Um, at the same time, they still wanted to be able, you know, they wanted God to bless them and have uh, prosperity, right? And that's just that's that's not how it works. You can't have. Uh, prosperity and freedom and blessings outside of God. It's not going to work out too well for you. And that's what we will see here. So the kingdom era, as a result of this, of a lot of unrighteousness, um, people just being disobedient, uh, it was a turbulent time. There are many ups and downs during this era. Um, anytime a righteous king ruled, they would prosper. Uh, when an unrighteous king ruled, they would go down the tubes. Right? So, um, very slowly, um, you know, because it was kind of, in a way, it was going unchecked, that unrighteousness began to just take hold. Um Again, the, the imagery that Anders gives is a ship with barnacles on it. Um, if you ever have seen barnacles, it kind of looks like these, you know, kind of rocky substance that it just accumulates on a boat over time. In order to get it off, you kind of have to chisel it, right? You have to chisel it off. It doesn't just come off, okay? So... In this case, Israel is like the ship, and because unrighteousness is going unchecked, this is amassing over time. Pray right now, you just had these barnacles that need to be removed. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. So, as a result, the nation eventually collapses, and they become, you know, captives of of war. So, before we get deeper, we have to do a quick review. Okay. So, again, the first era is the creation era. Our key figure there is Adam. Okay. And it takes place in the Garden of Eden. Uh, our summary for this era, Adam is created by God, but he sins and derails from God's original plan for man. The next era, the creation 
era. I'm sorry, the patriarch era. And our key figure in the patriarch era is Abraham. It takes place in the city of three names, which we will get to its second name in a moment, (laughs) Canaan at this time. And Abraham is chosen by God. This is our summary. Abraham is chosen by God to father a people to represent God to the world. Then we talked about the Exodus era. And our key figure in that era was Moses, took place in Egypt. And our summary is that through Moses, God delivers the Hebrew people from slavery in Egypt and then gives them the law, right? All those commandments, all those uh, rules that can govern their lives, any, any type of matter. Uh, then we had the conquest era, and our key figure there was Joshua, and this takes place in Canaan. Joshua leads the conquest of the promised land. That's our summary. Joshua leads the conquest of the promised land. Then we had the one we talked about last week, the judges era, and our key figure there was Samson. And it takes place again in Canaan. And our summary was that Samson and others were chosen as judges to govern the people for 400 rebellious years. So I kind of want you to hold on to that. Okay? Keep in mind, this was 400 rebellious years going to come up again in this era, okay? So, again, this era that we are on now is the kingdom era, and our key figure in this era is David, and now Canaan has changed to Israel, so we got a second name, so Canaan is now Israel, okay? And our summary here is that David, the greatest king in the new monarchy, is followed by a succession of mostly unrighteous kings. And God eventually judges Israel for her sin, sending her into exile. So one more time, because I know that was kind of long. Okay. So, kingdom era, our key figure is David. Canaan is now Israel, and our summary, David, the greatest king in the new monarchy, is followed by a succession of mostly unrighteous kings, and God eventually judges Israel for her sin, sending her into exile. Okay. Now, As always, we have four main periods or events that occur uh, within each era. So here are the four uh, main events or periods that occur in this particular kingdom era. Okay. Uh, The first one is United Kingdom. Then we have uh, a division of the kingdom. 
then there's a northern kingdom, and then finally a southern kingdom. So, starting with the, the uh, United Kingdom. Okay, here we have a new monarchy. Uh, this takes place from 1 Samuel all the way to the book of 2 Samuel. Okay, so 1 and 2 Samuel. Uh, here, the 12 tribes of Israel, as I mentioned earlier, they noticed that these other nations around them all have kings, right? They're, you know, because, again, we, we kind of said that they weren't really a monarchy uh, in the previous eras, right? In the previous era, uh, they were ruled by judges, okay? So now they see, you know, everybody else has a king. We want a king, too. We want to be like everybody else. So already we kind of see... Uh, well, I mean, we kind of saw it in the last era, right? Because toward the end of that era, everybody was doing what they thought was right in their own eyes. There's a difference between what you feel like is right and what God says is right. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, well, I feel like, you know, it's not that bad that, you know, when I've gotten that word, was like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> you know, so there's a difference. We were all, they were already kind of on, on, you know, drifting a little bit here. So now you're trying to be like people that God has already told you, you know, you're, I don't, you don't need to be like them. I've set you apart, right? And, you know, that always gets us into trouble when we try to be like everybody else. When we try to be like the world instead of just being who God created you to be, it's, it's going to lead to disaster, right? So they decide they want to be like these other nations. And uh, finally, God allows for Samuel, or I'm sorry, yes, Samuel, who is our, remember, he's our last judge uh, around this time, but he's also the first prophet, okay? God allows Samuel to anoint Saul to be the first king um, and this begins a new monarchy because technically again God is the king they were in a way already kind of had their monarchy but you know again they wanted to be like everybody else so uh, he is anointed to be the king however uh, Saul is not a righteous king and because of that God does not honor his reign. Um, he cuts his family off from the throne. And instead, David is chosen to succeed him, to succeed Saul. Okay. Um, won't go into full details about it, but definitely read read that whole tale of woe. Um, <laughs> You know, God tells you to do something, do it. Do it. Just be obedient, right? Uh, the verse about obedience is greater than sacrifice, that all had to do with Saul. So go read up on that. Um, but, yes, David succeeds him, and he becomes the king. Okay, now the thing we have to also acknowledge is that David was not perfect David had some mess-ups too, okay? 
the difference being that David was a man after God's own heart, not because he did everything right, because he clearly did not do everything right. Again, if you read um, in, you know, you're reading the Bible and you read about these people, you'll see that about David. He definitely messed up. But he at least was humble enough to come to God and admit, like, God, I was wrong. You know, or when God called him out on things, he could, you know, just immediately on the spot, which is like, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry, I repent. Uh, and and he was always willing to face the consequences for his actions. It wasn't one of those things like, ooh, I'm sorry, I got caught. You know, <laughs> uh, can you just let me make it this time? You no. Know, like, he could acknowledge that he was wrong and like, okay, well, Lord, whatever you see fit. Because I know I was wrong. And that in itself is what makes him a righteous king. Okay, so again, God is not asking us for perfection. He just wants you, you know, to be willing, to be honest, to be transparent, right? Uh, To acknowledge, you know, like, yeah, okay, I messed up. And to get up when you fall, not sit there and be prideful or be in denial, you know, and like, you know, it said with the imagery, right, the barnacles, all that stuff is just collecting, it's just gathering, you know, and growing. you got to admit it right there. You can't just let that stuff fester, right? Now. David, after he passes, uh, his son Solomon, right, the wisest king uh, in the Bible, he takes over, but uh, he starts off righteously, and then eventually he starts to drift away from the Lord, okay? This then leads to our second period in this era which is the divided kingdom. And this is when we have a civil war uh, between the 12 tribes of Israel. This particular period takes place in 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings, um, because of his drifting, right? We have the civil war and the kingdom is now divided. So, you have a northern kingdom, which is 10 of the, the tribes of Israel. Then you have the southern kingdom, which was just Judah and Benjamin. Okay, there's southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom, they keep the name Israel, but the southern kingdom, they decide to go with Judah uh, as their name since Judah was the larger of those two tribes. So now we really see a problem, right? We have a divided body. And when the body is divided like that, it is no problem for the enemy to just come in and do his thing. Because when we're standing fast together and we're united on one solid front, he can't touch you. Yeah, I can't I can't get to him, you know, like I can't, you know, I can't do it. But the minute 
we, you know, he can get us to crawl and be against each other and turn in on ourselves. You know, even Jesus kind of, you know, talks about that. The house divided against itself shall not stand. Okay, that's what we've got going on here. So now you have the 12 tribes are divided. The house is divided. And so it's like, oh, this would be no brighter here. So now where these two tribes are divided up, this leads now to uh, the northern kingdom period. Okay, so this is now we're focusing on the northern kingdom. And you based it, every king at this point is unrighteous. And they had uh, 19 total. 19 total kings in the northern kingdom. Okay? So we had Jeroboam, who takes over for the northern kingdom of Israel. Again, he's, he's, he's just, he's unrighteous. And as Anders notes, and every other king, 19 total after him, uh, who succeed him, during a 250-year life of the northern kingdom is also unrighteous. So that's another thing to note. Uh, God gave them a lot of time to get it together, right? And I think I, I mentioned that in one of the uh, one of the scriptures, you know, that I sent out was how God gave that servant all that time to get a return on that one talent. You know, you think about the, the saying, you have one job, you have one talent, one talent, bro. And you, you know, you, you didn't give, you didn't give God his return. You went and you buried it in the sand, right? Um, it wasn't like, okay, I'm expecting y'all to get this together within a year's time. You know what? Now I'm just done with y'all. No, they had 250 years of this. 250. If we go all the way back um, to the creation era, right? During that period of time, before we get to the Exodus era, if we look at the creation era and how we talked about you know, Noah building the ark, okay? Noah built that ark, and it took him 100 years to build that ark. So the people at that time, they were full of wickedness, but they had 100 years to get it together. They just didn't. So, you know, we're seeing a pattern here, right? It, it's, it's just our flesh's nature to be rebellious. And it kind of want to be set in our ways, which is why we have to die daily, which is why this is a constant, you know, everyday thing. Like there are days where, you know, even today was like a, a struggle where you got to constantly just fight to keep your mind on Jesus and just be like, okay, you know what? Okay, let me get, okay, let me not. Steer off, you know, let me stay on course. Some days you're on fire and some days it's just like, whew, okay, we're going to have to just push through the day. 
It's a constant fight. It's a constant battle, okay? But the fact of the matter is they had a lot of time. Like, God gives us a lot of time. He is super patient. And I don't know how much more patience or how much more time you need. Like, 250 years is a long time, okay? So because during the span of 250 years, they still were just, you know, one after another, the rulers just one after another, unrighteous, everybody living, you know, wickedly. Uh, he allows them to be conquered by Assyria, the northern kingdom. Okay. Now we're getting into the final one, which is the southern kingdom, right? The tribe of Judah and Benjamin. Okay. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention it. So in the Northern Kingdom period, uh, got to note this, that he allows them to be conquered by Assyria, and then he scatters them to the four winds. And this particular kingdom is never restored. Never. Okay. Oh, that in itself is kind of scary. What God has done with you. Uh, that's just not where you want to be, <laughs> okay? Um, so they're scattered to the four winds. Now we go into the southern kingdom, and they're known as the inconsistent kingdom, okay? Inconsistent. Remember what I said about those 400 years, right? So, uh, Roboam, which is Solomon's son, he takes command of the southern kingdom of Judah. Uh, he's also righteous. So, you know, it's like, oh, man, come on. So he is also unrighteous. But the southern kingdom kind of does a little bit better than the northern kingdom. Okay, they last for 400 years. And the main reason for that is because of eight righteous kings out of 20 total kings. So think on that one. Uh, they had 20 kings, but only eight out of the 20 were righteous. They lived righteously. They followed God's word. Right, they did everything that they got told them to do. Like they lived righteously, right? Only eight, but it was because of those eight righteous ones that they lasted so long. Okay. Um, however, eventually, their sins catch up to them, and God brings judgment on them by raising up Babylonia and allowing them to be conquered. Now, uh, I don't know if you remember, but when we were looking at the intro to this, right before we even got to the, all the eras and all that stuff, and Andrews was kind of setting up our intro, um, remember, Assyria conquered the northern kingdom, right? So Assyria comes in, conquers that part of Israel, but then Babylon comes in. That's the next empire. They come in, they conquer the Assyrians. And then eventually they conquer the southern kingdom. And now everybody, everybody is just gone, okay? 
not gone like he he slaughtered them, but what was of this monarchy is now it's gone now, and now Babylonia uh, has taken over. Okay, so that is uh, how the era ends, and the next one goes into exile, right? We takes place in Babylonia, but the thing I want to note, or at least that stuck out to me, is that uh, God is not playing with us, okay? It doesn't matter if you are not as bad as, you know, the, the person who's just, oh my goodness, they're a total heathen, and they're out there doing all this stuff, well, at least I'm not as bad as them. Nope. Well, you know, I'm kind of consistent. Nope. <laughs> There's no such thing, right? You know, yeah, like the southern kingdom got a little bit more grace and mercy, right, because they had those eight righteous kings, but they still had to answer for what they had done because of all the wickedness. Like they were still inconsistent right so no they were not they were not spared and they were not you know oh well i'm gonna just cut them some like well i'm gonna give them a break because at least they weren't as bad as the northern kingdom like the northern kingdom just didn't obey me at all like they were just really out there just wilding and doing what they wanted to do so you know i'm gonna give the southern kingdom a break no no either y'all in or you're not. Okay. Uh, again, God is not playing with you. Okay. He already told them in Exodus, if as long as you obey me and you, you follow my commandments, you're doing my will, I'm going to bless you. You're going to prosper. You're going to flourish. But the minute, okay, you start, you know, going off side, you start worshiping these other gods, right? you decide that you you know you're going to do your will that's going to be a problem okay i'm going to allow you to be conquered you will not prosper like he gave them the warning so it wasn't like they didn't know you know but you just got to a point where and you know kind of like with pharaoh or just you know how we are as people that you, you get comfortable and you really start to think in a way that you're untouchable. That also gets us into trouble. Um, you know, God prospers you, and then for a moment, you know, if you're not careful, you'll forget, like, who it is that put you in that position, who it is that's prospering you, why it is that you have what you have, why it is that, you're able, you know, to enjoy the things that you enjoy, that you have the freedom that you have. And you start thinking, oh, I did it. It's all me. No, it's, it's all God. Right? So we have to be careful of that. Again, you know, you got to die daily. It is not an easy thing. Right? You're constantly going at war every day. You know, but that's just 
that's just what comes with it, right? And we just have to be ready at all times because you don't know how the enemy is going to come at you. Um, you know, whether it's your emotions, you know, maybe you're all in your feelings or something, you know, and um, your mental state, at least for me, uh, maybe he comes at you through finances or illness. He attacks uh, people you love and care about, starts afflicting them, starts messing with your job, people messing with you on the job, all these different things going on. So that's just stuff that we just have to be aware of. We have to be cognizant of that and just know, like, before you go off, on that person, and before you sit there and be like, you know what, I just don't feel like it today, really pause and think about that. Like, okay, you know what, if I do this or if I don't do this or if I drag my feet on this, who is really winning? Is that really God or the enemy? Because there is no middle, there is no middle ground. There is no gray area in that. Either you're doing it for the Lord or you're doing it for Satan, right? So, yeah, just keep that in mind. Like, they were inconsistent. Yeah, they had eight righteous kings, but they still had to answer for all, you know, the, the wickedness that they were doing. They didn't escape by. And Judah was the, the chosen tribe. So, yeah, he still expects us to, you know, live to the expectations of the things that he's called us to. You don't get a pass. So, once again, uh, just a quick review. We have, uh, this is the kingdom era. We have our four major events or our four major periods in this era, which is the United Kingdom. That was the first one. Okay, so here we have a new monarchy, right? Then the divided kingdom and where a civil war takes place between the 12 tribes. Then that was leads to the last two eras, right? We have the division. Okay, the body gets split up. And so we have the northern kingdom, which is just known as the unrighteous kingdom because none of their leaders, none of the kings in that kingdom were righteous, not one. Okay. Then we have the southern kingdom, which is the inconsistent kingdom because only eight out of the 20 were righteous. Now, our summary, right? Again, this is the kingdom era. David is our key figure. And the summary is that David, the greatest king in the new monarchy, is followed by a succession of mostly unrighteous kings, and God eventually judges Israel for her sin, sending her into exile. Like I said, that is actually the the next era that we'll be looking at for next week. All right, so quick review of our Bible arc of the Old Testament. Remember, there are 12 there are 12 arcs in the Bible, okay? And there are nine in the Old Testament. And so far, we have covered six of them, which are uh, creation era, 
Patriarch Era, Exodus Era, Conquest, Judges, and then Kingdom. Okay, the Kingdom Era. And that about does it. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited because it's like wow, we've covered six and now we're about to go into the seventh. You know, we got three more or two more rather, and then we'll be before you know it in the New Testament. So, um, I mean, I don't know about you, but it it feels good to have kind of you know that background understanding of the Bible uh, and what I'm looking at and to get a clearer context of what exactly is going on while I'm reading. (laughs) Um, That's the the biggest thing. So now I can say like, okay, I know this and this and this and this and this and this was going on. Um, I can look at it beyond just a book with some words. Like, yeah, I know it's a living word, and it's active and alive, and, you know, it's it's never, it's not old. (laughs) It's new. It's fresh, right? But now I just have a better, clearer picture in my mind of what is going on and how the Bible is broken up and why it is structured the way that it's structured. Okay. So that's exciting for me. I don't know about y'all, but it's exciting for me. <laughs> I'll go ahead and pray us out. Um, Lord God, I thank you once again for the day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord God, look on the sick. Look on those um, where they be battling the virus or just any other ailment, God, just continue to look on them, touch and heal their body. God, I pray for the families who are grieving in a time of loss. I pray for those who are without work right now, those who are not sure where they're going to be living. Um, God, just please continue to help us to be a hope and a light. Um, Help us to remain grounded in you to remain united in you uh we cannot allow the enemy to take over and conquer we just can't um god i pray that you get all the glory from this um and like i said lord just continue to help us to grow and further ourselves in your word um to go beyond just the surface level and to really dig deep in you to get closer to you and know you better. In Jesus' name I pray, thank God, and amen. All right, y'all. I hope that you have an awesome weekend. Uh, Take care, and I hope you took notes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.